At 7 p.m. on Monday, September 14th, Marquette University sent an email out to its entire student body. It was an email no one wanted to receive. It brought the news that Schrader Hall residents would be forced to quarantine for two weeks after 3% of the dorm's residents tested positive for COVID-19. Students were given a three-hour notice to collect groceries and other essentials. Students who could left to go home. Those who couldn't were in lockdown. My name is Roy Bowler, and welcome to Lockdown, a three-part podcast series that explores the Schrader Hall quarantine during the COVID-19 pandemic, specifically through the eyes of two students who were forced to quarantine in Schrader Hall. We will also have on special guests to give us insight regarding the quarantine's impact on Marquette's students. I hope you enjoy this podcast. You are now entering Lockdown. Let's meet the students. I'm Patrick Cooney, sophomore, from New York City, I'm a finance major, and live in a trader. My name is Anna Schuster. I am an exercise physiology major, and I am from Haymarket, Virginia. Welcome to the final episode of Lockdown. Today, we talk with Pat and Anna about their experience post-quarantine and what it was like getting back to normal life. I was curious how Pat felt coming out of lockdown. So weird. Kind of weird seeing everyone. Like I haven't seen anyone in two weeks. Yeah, you know, so it definitely was a really good feeling, you know, to hang out with everyone still and like, you know, just to be outside. First thing I did, I got out. I just walked around for like an hour. That's why I just walked around. It was just so cool to be outside. Pat said that he thinks people took social distancing more seriously after the lockdown. Kind of like a wake up call. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Well, as I know, there's a two person capacity for the elevators, and the beginning of the year, you don't really follow that. But at the, uh, at the quarantine, everyone kind of just strictly followed that. He also said that he gained a newfound respect for the custodial staff. Well, I know they already go through uh, a lot of protocols, and, like they're kind of very strict about it. And then um, with the quarantine, it's probably 10 or 20 times more strict. And so we doing it every day, you know, like still serving us, cleaning the bathrooms, all that. I'm like, they made, I mean, the quarantine made their job a lot harder, so I definitely appreciated that. The first thing Anna did after lockdown was see all of her friends. First thing I did was I went downstairs to see my friends who lived below us. Uh, and then we went on a two-hour walk outside. <laughs> like, we didn't do anything. We just kind of walked around. We got all the way down to Stras. Basically walked the whole campus. So that was fun. We saw some friends that lived in Humphrey. So that was cool, too. Anna says there were two things that she was most looking forward to. One, just having the option to eat somewhere else and having the option to leave. And then the other thing was a lot of in-person classes or, like, labs, because that was a little tough when it came to understanding the material. Anna admits that when she got back to normal life, some things had changed. So I have had no problem getting to my classes in person, but a lot of, like, a lot of my science professors took it upon themselves to just move everything online because either they were feeling ill or we had other kids in the class get quarantined. So I only have one class in person now, the theology class, so it's exciting. Anna says that she's diligent to make sure that they don't have to quarantine again. I'm still pretty diligent. Like I've, like my roommate and I, we wipe down the door every night. When we come in, we have hand sanitizer. I definitely think during the quarantine, I was a little bit better about making sure everything in the room was clean. But, I mean, I'm still the same precautious as I was before. 
Despite all the restrictions, Anna and her friends are still thinking of ways to hang out. So my friend group, the people that don't live in Schrader, because we can't go see each other in our rooms, we usually try to get food with them or we'll say, hey, we're playing Frisbee outside. Anybody want to join? And then we'll do like a socially distant Frisbee game. But my friends that live in the building, we have like a movie night every night. And then we went hiking the other day, so that was really fun. With winter break just around the corner, I asked Anna what she was planning to do. That's been the topic recently because I'm not from uh, Illinois or Wisconsin. I'm from Virginia, so kind of a distance. So it's been a lot of like, do I take everything home? What do we like? What do I think is going to happen? And I think Marquette's going to do their best and try to keep us open. And I want to come back because I want to see everybody here, and I love in-person classes. Anna thinks that her Schrader experience has been different. It's definitely been tougher to meet new people, if that makes sense. It's not like I can go down the hall and, like, meet new neighbors and, you know, chat with people because it's just that, like, I don't know you, socially distanced. So I feel like I've definitely missed out with, like, the interaction in the building. And I think it's definitely just kind of turned into a big library. I mean, we still have fun. Like, everybody just has their friend group in here. And they just have fun with their friend group. But you don't get to, like, uh, meet new people if you didn't have a big friend group. While students have not been able to meet as many new people, there is a sense of community. I actually think Schrader was really good about handling the situation in the end because... But everybody down, like all the people that came in and worked in the cafeteria were so nice to us. and They were understanding of our situation. Um, it's funny because like I'll see kids in the hall. We all have like t-shirts that say like us, like, you know, Schrader quarantine. So it's just kind of something you can bond over. And I definitely think that like it's something that everybody in here laughs at. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Schrader's been pretty good about um, clean, like keeping up with cleaning and everything like they did when we were quarantined. So that was nice. Where did you guys get the shirts? Did they make them for you? Uh, the, the resident hall director actually like organized an event where we could sign up to get like free shirts and we could tie to them. And so that was really fun. It was actually funny because before, or like right when we got on lockdown, I said, I told my roommate, I was like, we can make a ton of money like selling I Survive Schrader quarantine shirts. And I never did it. <laughs> Should have done it. <laughs> Overall, Anna thinks the quarantine had a positive impact on her and appreciates Marquette's efforts. I think it's had a positive impact on me because it, one, makes me a little bit more aware of the situation. Because, you know, before it's like, like I come from a small area back home. So like when COVID started, it was kind of like COVID's real. So I'd say it's positive. (laughs) Trying to look on the bright side. It's a funny story. According to a report by the LA Times, people forced to live in quarantine conditions face a greater risk of anxiety, depression, anger, irritability, insomnia, and post-traumatic stress symptoms. The longer the quarantine lasts, the worse its impact on psychological well-being. After reading this, I was curious to find out the mental effects the quarantine would have on Schrader students. So I contacted the counseling center and spoke with Dr. Jody Blonick. My name is Jody Blonick. I'm a senior psychologist at Marquette University's Counseling Center, and I've been at the Counseling Center since 2007. The Counseling Center is Marquette's mental health clinic and provides counseling and crisis consultation access to students, faculty, and staff. The Counseling Center already moved all their services to a virtual format and were able to assist students and trader without issue. 
And specific to working with Schrader students or students who were living in Schrader at that time, we, we certainly had folks on our ongoing kind of caseloads that we had been working with in counseling prior to the quarantine. And for those students, we continued to provide support and check in with them as appropriate. In addition to just our normal way of supporting students, we also um, created um, these virtual quarantine processing spaces. So each day there was um, a dedicated time where students could connect, find support, um, talk about coping strategies to help them manage as best they can through quarantine and isolation. And all students had to do was give a call and they would end up, we'd give them a Teams link and they'd be able to connect with other students. Even though she's an expert in the area, Dr. Blonick admitted that she had to think of the best ways to serve each student really wasn't a one-size-fits-all. And given that, my initial thought was to think about how can we best support all students' mental health needs, but also not assume that there is a one-size-fits-all way to do so or that everybody requires some support. You know, in some ways, this is uncharted territory for everyone. Um, it, it Honestly, it's human nature to want to help or fix something, and sometimes people need to feel like they're being active, and this can lead sometimes to supporting people in very unhelpful ways. So considering this, I wanted to maintain that balance. So I was thinking about how important it's going to be not only to kind of offer you know, support within the domain or sphere of you know, my capabilities or the Counseling Center's capabilities, but also to listen to students and staff about how we might best support them. Pat Cooney's roommate went home, leaving Pat to quarantine all by himself. Anna's roommate, on the other hand, stayed with Anna and Schrader. Both students admitted there were pros and cons, so I was curious what Dr. Blonick thought was better. She claimed it was really dependent on the person, but also listed a lot of interesting factors. Um, and a lot of factors unrelated to COVID-19 or quarantine, to be completely honest. You know, how did the roommates get along in general prior to this? If they had a positive relationship versus a conflictual relationship, that is certainly going to impact whether being quarantined with them or without them is going to be better or worse. Do students, what are their preferences? Do students have, you know, prefer to have their own private space or they want that privacy for those two weeks? Or do they prefer to be in the company of others throughout the quarantine? Anecdotally, uh, when we did talk with students who were quarantining, they're Preferences really varied greatly. Some advice I think we could all use is how to handle quarantine. So I asked Dr. Blonick for some suggestions. Here are a couple of things that I generally share for folks. First and foremost, establish routines. We are creatures of habit, and once we have a daily routine in place, we tend to feel just a lot better mentally. It's really important to create a schedule that has some balance to it, includes some time for work or academics, some social connection, relaxation. Accompanied with that, practice good self-care. You know, it's important to continue to take good care of your body and your mind. You know, things like exercise or nutrition, sleep, doing activities that bring you joy, connecting with others. Something that I keep saying to my students that I'm working with is we really have to be intentional. Schedule times to socialize versus kind of waiting for those times to naturally occur. Um, if you're feeling distressed, make sure you're reaching out to others. Ask for help when you need it. Ultimately, though, the biggest thing Dr. Blonick wanted to emphasize was that this is not easy for anyone. I think with all this, one, one thing that's important to acknowledge is that there is no easy button to managing this pandemic. Um, if there was, somebody would have done it, we'd all be following suit. Um, so during this time, I just really encourage people, we need to do all we can to support one another, um, as well as have some compassion for both ourselves, as I've mentioned, but also um, have some compassion for others. These are truly unprecedented and challenging times, and, and there's, no, there's no easy button to this. Since this is the last episode, I wanted to leave you all with a positive story from Megan Heater, Schrader's Hall Minister. 
As the hall minister, she had to call students to check in with them during quarantine. A few weeks after, she ran into some of the students she spoke to. The other day, I saw two residents that I had apparently called, and they heard my voice. And they're like, are you the Schrader Hall minister? And I kind of looked at them, and I was like, yes. You know, I didn't have a name tag on or anything. Um, and they said, oh, you know, you called us during quarantine. I can't believe we're getting to meet you in person. You know, thank you so much for the calls, and it was really good to talk to you. And, you know, looking back, quarantine was not, like, a fun experience, certainly, but there were a lot of new relationships that came out of that that I never expected to see or to have. Thank you all for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned some things. For the final time, I'm Roy Bowler, and you are now exiting lockdown.